Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 68. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. This week we'll be talking about 2014 zombie comedy, Life After Beth. <laughs> zombie comedy. It's what it is. It's a zombie. It's not really a horror movie. <laughs> I mean, like, it is. It's horror comedy. We said that on the, the last podcast. Like we've talked about, we, we, the two of us, cast a fairly wide net of inclusion in terms of what is a horror movie. I'd rather do that than be gatekeepy about it. I agree. But if you're looking for any spooks or scares whatsoever, this is not the movie. I don't think that's true. I think that it might be a little spooky. Interesting. Let's talk about it. So this movie was released in 2014 mm -hmm. by famed indie distributors. I don't even know if they're indie at this point. A24, <laughs> who uh, are extremely good at marketing movies and have a cult of personality that's developed around them. They do. In the past few years. Uh, it was written and directed by Jeff Baina. It was his first movie, but he went on to make Joshi and The Little Hours, both of which are comedies that... I've seen Bantied about. I think The Little Never Hours might be a them. Netflix movie. It's about, I think it's, it's like nuns in a cult, something like that. Oh. It also has Aubrey Plaza. Anyway, huh. he he definitely has like a, a comedy lane that he wants to be in. Yeah. This movie, as we said last week, stars Aubrey Plaza and Dane DeHaan, who I've never seen in anything. Is it Dane DeHaan? Isn't that his name? I believe you. What did you think his name was? I don't know. Did you not think it was him? No, I knew it was him. I just didn't think that was his name for some reason. I'm surprised that um, I haven't in my head ever called him Dane DeHane. That was like the only reason why I was surprised. Have you seen him in anything? No, but I have seen him talked about a lot. I feel like he's on that list of white boys. The list? Like, the list. Like, you, you know the list. Like, the indistinguishable white boys. Yeah. It's like Ansel Elgort, Miles Teller. They don't, like, all look alike. I could tell you all of them are different. Well, oh, so me too, because I love Ansel Elgort in specific movies and Miles Teller in specific movies. But, like, in terms of the things they get cast for, the the people that they are, they're all just, it's the white boys. I hear you. I think Dane DeHaan is weirder. I think a testament to that fact is... The fact that I have not seen him in the movies that I've seen those other actors in. I've never sure. seen him in anything. Uh, he's in Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. He, you're right that he is weird looking, but I think you can make the same judgment about Miles Teller. I think he has villain face. I think Miles Teller is... He's got like a doughy, everyman like, aspect to him. I don't agree. I think Miles Teller also has villain face. Interesting. Dane DeHane in this movie is not a villain, but he is a sad sack. He is a sad sack. He's a he's a sad boy. He's in like every scene of this movie. It really is. He's more the main character than Beth, and that did frustrate me. Yeah, it'd be more interesting if it was about her. But Agreed. a lot of this movie is about gaslighting her. Let's talk Correct. about it. <laughs> the movie opens with a wake. So Beth is gone. Beth has died. This is life after Beth. We're, the whole we're movie is life after it, Beth. Yeah. Dane DeHaan was Beth's boyfriend. Mm -hmm. uh, he's real cut up. Cut up. Yeah, he's cut up about it. Yeah, he's real sad. Um, John C. Riley plays her father, and Molly, Molly Shannon. Shannon plays her mother. So there's a scene in the in the very beginning where they're all sitting together at the wake, talking about how wonderful she was and how they're gonna miss her and how she was this like beautiful child taken too soon. Um, did they mention at that point how she died? Yeah, she, she was bit by hiking, a snake. Well, hiking, bitten by a snake. Yeah, poisonous snake. Um, and it, it is this night that um, Dane DeHane. Uh, really bonds with her parents. Like, they share this kind of... You get the feeling that he was always on good terms with them. Like, it wasn't yeah. like, was ever bad. But this is going to, like, 
forge a new relationship of mm-hmm. that he is going to depend on them and love them, like possibly more than his own parents, because as we see from his family, they're much richer. They clearly have this kind of like, um, they're more just more elevated, more conservative appearances. And his brother, played by what is that actor's name? Matthew Gray Goobler. Matthew Gray Goobler um, is his older brother, who is a security person for their neighborhood. They're like he, gated community. It is a specifically. We'll talk a lot about the cast of this, but Matthew Craig Goobler's performance is such a specific person that maybe some of us grew up with, Yep, which is the kind of person that from the, the day that they're eight knows that they want to be in the army. Yes. And like, or be a cop or be a cop or, or like, both. yeah, they, uh, they, they want to be that authority figure. They want to be out on the front lines. They love guns. They like talking military time for fun. Yep. And that is exactly who he is, but he's only working security for their gated community. He is yes. not a police officer. They're gated like Miami yes. Jewish. Uh, like We will get into this. This movie is extremely Jewish. I want to talk about so much about this movie, actually. Yeah. Should we actually uh, talk first about whether or not we liked this movie? We kind of jumped right into the plot, and um, I feel like usually we set up some sort of should or shouldn't watch situation. We do usually talk about that. I, it pains me to say that I did not like this. Yeah. I really wanted to. I really wanted to, too. And as we'll get into, it is a deeply star-studded cast. And the beginning, actually, I would say the first like half hour, 45 minutes, sets up a very interesting um, concept and world and like potential, mm-hmm. and then does absolutely nothing with it, which is a real shame. So I think that like it starts off really strong and has some great um, casting choices and characters, and then it just falls really flat. We'll talk about specifics about why it doesn't work, but I think in the in the big picture in terms of recommendation, as you have pointed out, we just zipped right past that. We didn't sure we? did. <laughs> we were really excited to get into it. I think there are a lot of zombie comedies. That's what exactly what I was gonna say. Is that like sometimes I feel like I recommend like, eh, no, it's fun. Like if you're looking for this kind of thing, like why not give it a watch? There's a million like it. There's no reason to give this any more attention than anybody else, unless, I guess, you happen to be, like, a huge Aubrey Plaza stan and have to watch her and everything, in which case you've probably already seen this, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, because it came out five years ago. Exactly. It's not new. I think, yeah, I would recommend other other things over this, specifically because this movie doesn't have anything to say. I really wish it did. It's just, it's really kind of, it did. it's playing in its premise, and then it doesn't go anywhere. Right. And I think that was probably the most frustrating thing about it. Yeah. Is it, it, for a while, it feels like it's building to something. Yep. But it doesn't. It just kind of peters out at the end once things are resolved. And it it just... Yeah. It's very frustrating. I agree. The experience of watching it is fine. Yeah, I wasn't like... There are some laughs. Some laughs and some gross out moments. And that's... You think some spooks? Yeah. A little bit. Mostly related to what we're going to talk about with the things that this movie sets up and doesn't follow through on. Yeah. So let's get into it. He smokes weed with John C. Riley. We don't need to get into the plot. He smokes no. weed with John C. Riley. Um, <laughs> they bond. They play chess. They bond. They play chess. And but in the returning days, when he goes back to see John C. Riley, they will like, not talk to him. They won't talk to him. They Beth's shut him out. Parents have like totally iced him out. Yeah. And he's like, cool. I thought I had. Oh, I made this connection. I lost my girlfriend. Now I lost her family. Yep. Uh, what the fuck? Yeah. And I don't know when he. I guess starts to figure out something's going on. Um. I guess it's when he's, he's like peeking. He knows that they're there. So he's peeking in the windows and he sees her. Beth, Beth. is her. Um, and then he's like, oh, there's some sort of like 
scam happening here where you guys told everyone she was dead in order to let in order to get rid of me or in order to do something so then he like he's mad about it he's mad he breaks in he sees beth she's excited to see him she doesn't remember anything she doesn't remember anything about the snake she doesn't even remember things that apparently they talked about about potentially breaking up like he has is sort of like oh she wanted to see other people right before she died her memory is something akin to a plot hole in this movie because she she has like serious like short-term memory loss Mm -hmm. but only when it's like plot convenient yes Uh, it is unclear what she does and doesn't remember or when it stopped like like, what day she remembers sometimes it feels like she like resets and she forgets things that happened in the previous day or sometimes she can carry things that which i think she day. has to because i think this is one we'll get into kind of how weird this movie gets is that like let's just talk about yeah, it yeah she's a zombie she she crawled out of her grave dane dehane goes to i'm gonna call him that for the rest of the episode get used to it goes to her grave there's a hole there she dug herself out yeah but she doesn't remember that either for some reason uh she showed up she is on the first day completely normal right like, except for that she likes to go into the attic. That's, like, the only yeah. thing that it's, Well, like, also, she doesn't remember dying. No. Well, yeah, but that's, like, typical kind of zombie shit sometimes. Nope. I all right. Have, I have not seen something where they're, all like... Right. <laughs> well, first of all, she's not decomposed in any no, way. No, not at all. At she's just... Yeah. But she did die, uh, what, like, three days ago? No. I think it took a while to set up awake and stuff. What? The wake usually happens, like, a week after. Not it's even sometimes. Weeks longer than three days. Well, not... It isn't always a week. I've seen funerals and wakes happen, like... In the in like if they die on a Monday, it's that weekend. Still more than three days. In any case, it's been at most a week. There would be decomposition after a week. Yeah, I don't think so. I think so. Well, neither of us are scientists, so let's move on. <laughs> let's just go through the pot movie incredibly quickly. She's a zombie. Things get worse. Mm-hmm. Other people are zombies that come back. Who is the next person that we see? His mailman, right? Yeah, Jim O'Hare from uh, Parks and Rec. Oh, it is him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, like, clearly not supposed to be on that mail route. Yeah. Because it's, like, not his mail that he gives to Dana. But they have they have memory issues. They're all, like, they snap and they get really aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all, like, smooth jazz. It chills them out. Mm-hmm. Um, this culminates in a zombie apocalypse. There's zombies everywhere. They're fighting the zombie resistance. Um... You're making it sound more interesting than it is. It's yeah. chaos. There's it's no chaos. resistance. It's, it's just true. chaos. Uh, Matthew Gray Goobler gets to live his dream of uh, <laughs> rising to the top of his little aggressive, like, army militia situation. He has a line in this movie which is so perfect, which is, all I ever wanted to do was shoot people. Yeah. And that is, like, the quintessence <laughs> of this kind of, like, person. Yes, Again, Who yes. is real, who maybe I might know someone from yeah. childhood who's exactly like this. Hmm. Um, and it's just, it's such a good... It's one of the really great things about this movie is that that character is a perfect satire of that person. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it culminates in, uh, there's all the zombies, Dane DeHane, (laughs) I'm going to start calling him that now, realizes that he has to let go. He cannot grieve uh, while he's still trying to maintain some semblance of relationship with a zombie. Um, So he shoots her in the head and Beth dies. Takes her on a hike. They go on and live their life. The, The zombie issue is contained and they go and live life we'll talk about all the specifics of all of that i just wanted to get through the whole arc so we could talk about the middle which is just him trying to have a normal life with his girlfriend who's a zombie yes where they can't go out in public during the day because of the parents not because of any like well supernatural reason no correct but except that they had a large funeral in which a lot of people attended and everybody's heard that she died 
Correct. He he meets up with um, a girl he's known from childhood who is played by Anna Kendrick. Um, they have like lunch together. This is when he started to be like, oh, I don't know about Beth anymore. Like, I might want to break up with her because she's a zombie and she's scaring me and freaking me out. Um, and he's like, he's afraid of her from the get too. Where like immediately he's like, you don't want to eat me, right? Like he knows she's a zombie. He understands the tropes. To this movie's credit, uh, Dane DeHaan like knows this character of a name, Zach. Zach. Zach knows zombie tropes. He knows about how zombies work. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't care because he loves her. He doesn't care because he loves her. But also, she doesn't behave in the ways that zombies tend to behave for Not until three later. quarters yeah. of the movie. Exactly. Right? Like, her quirks, her zombie quirks are like weird, non non familiar ones. Mm-hmm. But he never lets out of his head, like, he says the word zombie, which never happens in zombie fiction. Yeah. Which I really appreciate that, yeah. like, they say the and he word And he's really curious if she wants to eat him, and she's always like, no, why? But she does do the smooth jazz thing. She's collecting dirt and putting it in the attic. Like, mud. She, like, she's makes ca- it into mud. Makes it into, like, a little mud room, which does not ex- ever get explained, which is deeply frustrating. But there's also this whole thing about how they like attics. That's they like a- attics, and they like to cover the walls in mud. And they like to hold mud. We, the second day we see her, um, she's she's carrying mud around the house. Yeah. Um, she also, this, I got way off track, but she always wears the same dress. Also, this is what you were referencing with her memory issues is that she doesn't reset every day because she sees him and they talk to each other like regularly. But she always thinks she has a test tomorrow. Yes. There's always a test tomorrow. She's always wearing the same dress and she is not thinking about the future in any kind of real way with him. It's just like, let's just have fun and live our lives every day. And if she's mad at him the day before, it's gone the next day. Yeah. She's almost like childlike in that sense. Yeah. Um, Very impulsive. Yes, exactly. And so he's with Anna Kendrick and he's kind of thinking like, maybe I should break up with her. Uh, They're having lunch together. He's thinking about breaking up with Beth. And she brings up Beth first. She's like, I heard about Beth. So people in the neighborhood, if they saw her walking around... Or people who... Well, she doesn't know what Beth looks like because she's like... They're reconnecting after time, but she knows that Beth is dead. Right. So if he's going to go around going, oh, this is my girlfriend, Beth, people be like, you mean the Beth who died? Like, it's not just because the parents don't want to. It's because it would be insane if you guys had a whole funeral for someone, everyone saw her obit picture in the paper, and then all of a sudden she's walking around. I think in the first act, the first half hour or so, yes, but this is happening to everyone at at different rates. By that point, though, it doesn't matter. By that point, they're not trying to... They're not worrying about it. No, but this is my point. I think that in the background of this movie, because, again, life is still normal when the mailman is out doing his shit. So I think in the background of this movie is the secrets that everyone's keeping, that their loved ones crawl to the grave and... Yes. Everyone is dealing with this separately, And it's going... It seems like it's going in order of most recent deaths. Yes. So presumably the people who pop up first can pass, right? They could go out into the world and, like, maybe they look a little sick. Beth gets, like, a rash on her face from being out in the sun. She gets, like, a sunburn. Yeah. But then it, like, obviously starts decaying her skin. Yeah. And uh, that clearly makes sense. And then there's a very clear point when, like, his grandfather shows up and his grandfather looks like he's been in the dirt. Like, he looks like a real zombie. Yeah. This Uh, is the weird thing. Uh, The the movie's biggest failure is probably that it goes nowhere, but mm-hmm. its second biggest failure is that it doesn't know what its rules are, yeah. or at least it doesn't communicate them to the viewer. Because she, yes, her body, like, she gets that sunburn and it, like, fucks up her face, but she has, like, a normal human body. It's not like a dead, decaying body. Yeah. Like, 
they touch, they kiss. I like, thought it, it was going to get messed up because he, they have sex. Like they go to a, they specifically sneak out of the house and go like have sex on a beach in public. That's when her face gets sunburned. Like her body can have sex. Yeah. Which that's, I thought it was going to get much grosser and darker quicker because I have seen the movie. What is that movie called? It really messed me up and she's like dying and she has sex with people and like it messes up every part of her body and also the body of the person who has sex with her. And so... I have no idea what you're talking about. Contracted. That's what it's called. Oh. Do you remember me talking about Contracted? Yeah. It's you mentioned this it on this mo- podcast. It's this movie, but, like, much darker. Um, so I was expecting it to get a lot worse, and it, like, didn't really. And then it also skips, I think, the most, like, the time when she's getting the worst. Yeah. Do you think that's true? That, Is that like, when he's running around trying to solve the problem? Well, what happens is that he gets it in his little dumb head, his little dumb white boy head, that the ex-housekeeper, whose name is Pearlene, who is Haitian, that she has something to do with this because she left in like a, um, like a huff the day after after Beth's funeral. Um, And he's got it in his head that she has something to do with this because she's Haitian and they do voodoo. Yeah. So, of course, we're watching this movie going, uh, I don't know about that, chief. That seems bad. And, of course, this movie's like, yeah, it is bad because he goes and finds Pearlene and... Uh, her cousin. Her cousin is like, that's really racist, bro. And also, Pearlene had nothing to do with this. She left that house because Beth's dad was sexually harassing her. Yeah. So, like, cool. Glad we got that out of the way that, like, Zach's an idiot. But he brings Beth with him there, and it's only after Beth's dad comes and gets him that he goes home, sees the whole situation, his grandparents are alive, the people who owned the house before them are trying to take over the house. This is, I guess, how things start getting really, like, escalated. His grandfather is uh, Gary Marshall. Oh, yeah. The famed producer and director. And this was his last movie. This was the last thing he appeared in. Sad. Uh, So then when he goes back to Beth's house... She has deteriorated so much at that point that she is tied to the oven with chains and has already bitten off Molly Shannon's hand. Yeah. And at that point can do nothing but like I think killed, growl. She ate or killed John C. Reilly. She did. We, he, he, he dies off screen, which is wild. Mm-hmm. Um, she can only at this point growl and snarl and say random words, um, repeating after what people are saying pretty much typically because like the way he he gets her because he's like oh let's go hiking together and she's like er hiking like that's her that's her level of speech and they literally go on a hike together with her with this oven strapped to her back i will say that sequence the um where she's totally deranged Mm -hmm. is uh i think what aubrey plaza is best at and not enough filmmakers use her for Mm -hmm. i think that um because of Parks and Rec, she has this very like, what it's like it's like dark twee darkness, right? Yeah, yeah. But like mm-hmm. dark, like glib, like yes. cutesiness. Yes. Um, but like the other thing that came to mind, obviously it's very different. Is is Legion, right? Mm-hmm. She plays a somewhat like deranged, surreal yes. villain in Legion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think is like my favorite thing that she's ever done. Me is too, like for it's, sure. it's such a great so performance. Terrifying. And this is similar because she gets to like. I mean, she gets to do the rah, rah, rah stuff, too. But, like, also just, like, the... When you see anger in her eyes when she has to convey that. Also, the physical comedy of her walking around with a, with a big old yes, oven strapped the, to and her. and at one point, the oven falls backwards, and she's, like, like a little bug. But she's still going, hiking, hiking. And so, like, she's just gotten to this point. And I agree with you. I think she's really good at it because 
she's such a cool person. So like Aubrey Plaza herself. Yeah. So when you see her give her all to something like this, just go fully ridiculous into this like strange place. It's really awesome to watch. Like I agree. she's a great actress and she's very funny. I thought this movie was pretty funny. Like I actually, I laughed out loud at, at parts and I I do think that the comedy aspect works if the horror doesn't. I agree. There's a lot of there's a lot of very dry humor. Dane DeHaan I think is really good too. Mm-hmm. Dane DeHaan sells this movie with his deadpan delivery and reactions to things as well as his I think his like over the top yelling is also funny too. It's also yeah. He's like woo woo like he just sounds I think like he's, he, he's freaking out. He definitely has like comic talent that makes this work. Also mm-hmm. like I said before he acts rationally or like yes. what I think of as rationally a lot of the time yes. which characters in both horror movies and comedies don't tend to and zombie movies um, yeah. So I really appreciate it like I thought he was grounded enough to make the humor work. Mm-hmm. And to make it believable that it's like why would anybody kind of let this happen? And it's like, because he loves Beth and he almost lost her and this, and it makes sense that he's like, I'm getting her back. But then he sours on her at the exact right moment for me. Like they go to the beach together and he's going to play her a song. And she's always been like a big supporter of his music and he starts playing and she starts yelling at him. And I think this is something the movie did specifically is that she gets mean in a way that's not just mean, that's, like, offensive. She starts with throwing out slurs. Yeah, she's throwing out slurs. And it's, like, that's another reason I thought this was going somewhere, that there was going to be some meaning of, like, not only are they have these zombies come back and they're deteriorating and they're, and they're getting aggressive, they're, like, taking on traits of, like, bullies and bigots. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. And then, of course, it didn't it go anywhere. anywhere. But, like, there was something there for a second. The other thought I had about him being reasonable, like, he does decide that um, he does have to put her down, I guess, is yes. the unfortunate way of saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gets back to his house, and he thinks his whole family is dead. Not worth explaining. But he thinks his family is dead, mm-hmm. and so he's like, well, fuck, I gotta, I gotta go. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have anything keeping me here. And so he, like, packs up to, like, leave the state, right? Um, that actually might happen in reverse order. It's a reverse. He finds them first, and then he meets up with Matthew. Point Rupert. being, the yeah, fact yeah. that he is like, okay, we gotta leave. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go. I'm not just gonna sit here and cry over my my family. They're not dead. They're fine. And they're all gonna leave together. But then there's like an announcement that's like, it's contained. We're all good. Everybody go about your business. Which is a very funny way to end a zombie movie. That's like, well, this weekend was um intense, but now we're all good. Everybody go back to work. It's very silly. Oh, the thing we forgot to mention about the um. Again, the physical comedy of them walking to the... Them going hiking with the um, oven on her back. Mm-hmm. Is that she has a boombox playing smooth jazz oh, she around her neck like a cowbell. <laughs> Again, parts of this were really genuinely so funny. I think it... it Anna Kendrick's character is really funny. If we think about this in terms of... Again, this is a, the first movie of someone who went on to make other comedies that I, mm-hmm. that I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. It, like, there are sparks of interesting things here. But it could have been... And this this would be my review, I guess. This could have been a half hour, twenty minute sketch. Yes. And then we would have gotten everything we need to out of. I agree. Out of it. I agree. There's just not because it's not interested in exploring its mythology or in saying something. I mean, zombies are usually al- always yeah. used as metaphor, metaphor or or a vehicle for something, and it's just not here. It just 
it know, doesn't actually, justify its runtime. I wrote down something that I was going to bring up that um, John C. Riley is the ostensible antagonist uh, antagonist part of this movie because he doesn't want him to tell Beth she's dead. Yeah. So it's to make up all this stuff about the test tomorrow and why she can't go outside and why they can't go hiking and why blah 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 all these things. And John C. Riley is clinging very specifically to this like she can't know it will mess everything up. Yeah. Which we. Like we said, Dane DeHane is very rational in this movie and knows immediately that, like, that's not how you do this. We need to tell her so she can, like, get over it and move on. Because she's a person? Be a person. She has agency. And he won't let her. And there's a part where... And that, that on its own, seems like it should be representative of something like parents and children or whatever. And there's something later that made me laugh because I really wanted it to mean something was he eventually takes Beth to her grave and shows her that she's dead. After she's already been run over by a car. And, uh, by him. By him, right? And he takes her to the grave and she's like, why didn't my parents tell me? And he says, I don't, I think they didn't want to hurt your feelings. And there was something there that I was like, what is he trying to say that zombies are? Yeah. That being dead is, is that somehow it's like, if your parents told you you were dead, that it would hurt your feelings. And I was like, there's something there that could be so interesting and it just didn't go anywhere. It just, it's such a disappointment. It just doesn't have anything more on its mind than, again, just a sketch. It's yeah. just a really, really long sketch. Yeah. But it's not even... It wouldn't even really be a good sketch, I don't think, because it doesn't have a, like, a... Uh, a punchline? A, a punchline or, like, a twist. It's just, what if people came to life? <laughs> yeah, you mean zombies? Like... There's no, there's, I thought I was, I kept waiting there's for a no twist. There's no next step. I kept waiting for an explanation. I kept waiting for anything for to give this. a complication even? Yeah, to, to give this. I thought maybe he wasn't going to kill her, that he couldn't do it and like decided to just like marry her. Uh, nope, kills her. She falls down the hill. He goes in his with his parents. Like there's nothing really, it was just a long idea. Yeah. And it wasn't even really a good idea. It was just, what if a guy had a girlfriend and she came back to life? It's unfortunate. This yeah. could have been something more. Especially because, uh, like I said earlier, this is a deeply Jewish movie and not yeah. not, in, not in a, like, oh, we just happen to cast people who are Jewish. Like, no, it is. And actually, I don't think anybody who cast was Jewish, except for, like, maybe one Paul person. Reiser. Paul Reiser. Who, who plays his, his, his dad. dad, right? His parents are Paul Reiser and Cheryl Hines. Yes. Because everyone in this movie is famous. Yes. It's very weird looking at the IMDb. Uh, but there's this very specific part. I mean, like, they're all wearing... Um, they're all wearing yarmulkes at the wake, and so there was that on its own. But then also, at one point when they're bringing Beth inside, um, John C. Riley and Dane DeHane, he specifically rubs the mezuzah on the wall, mm -hmm. which I don't think I've ever seen in a movie. I may have just overlooked it, but uh, I, I read a book called The Secret of the Mezuzah when I was younger, so I'll always remember what they are, and I thought it was such an interesting touch to this movie. I mean, the director's Jewish. It's worth... Do you think that it was just the director wanting to kind of insert that in there, or do you think there was meant to be a purpose in it? No, I think that was it was him trying to speak to his experience, I guess. Which is totally fine. Because he's he's a Jewish guy from Miami, so yeah. So this is just a little bit autobiographical, <laughs> yeah. I guess. I just autobiographical I, again, about the time that his girlfriend came to life. <laughs> I I did just want it to mean more because I wanted it to be a little bit more like about Jewish mysticism. I thought that could have been really interesting, but no, no, it's just a zombie movie and a pretty simple one at that. Aubrey Plaza it brings pretty much 90% of what's interesting about this to it and the other actors do the entire other 10%. There's no really good besides how funny it is like there's no script yeah to this. It's unfortunate. It is. We're a little bummed. Are you ready to shoot in the back of the head and then laugh as it 
tumbles aimlessly down a Did cliff. he laugh? No, but I no, would. No, we're laughing. We're laughing. Oh, got it. Cool. <laughs> I laughed at that, again, physical comedy. It was pretty horrifying. Her leg fell off. What, what it's time? More, it's more of a snort that you're just like, what the oh, fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. All right. Why don't you pull up that roulette? It's up. Our next movie will be... The Mansion? Such a specific title. I know. From 2017? We're, we're always doing the something. Yes, I think so. This is a French horror comedy. Ooh. Le Manoir. The thing on Netflix looks really interesting, actually. The, like, poster. Huh. This director made a Skrillex video. <laughs> All right. We'll see <laughs> how this goes. Let's give it a shot. The Mansion. I'm ready. I, I can't wait to add to our, our cavalcade of the, the something. titles. The Monster. The Right. It was nominated for a Narcisse Award for Best Film. Couldn't tell you, gun to my head, what Narcisse Award is. Hopefully it's not like the Razzies or whatever. <laughs> All right. Until then, you can check us out on our website at nowscreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at nowscreaming. Be sure to tell your friends and rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Tell them. Rate and review. Give us those stars. Eat them up. Thank you, as always, to Wes Craven for managing to stick horror and humor together mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't cheapen either. Right. Very in, true. In a, in a great number of his movies that are quite quite funny. Quite funny. Oh my god. And also uh, succeed as horror movies. movies are hysterically funny. Alright. Alright. Until next time, everybody. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Stay spooky.